Good evening. We will be we'll begin in Genesis chapter six. And in Genesis chapter six, we will talk about how God brought about judgment on earth concerning what is happening in the earth. And if you recall, God built um we're talking about Noah and the ark. We begin with Noah and the ark in Genesis 5, chapter 5, verses 29, when Noah was born. It says that Noah knew, as Lamech knew that Noah was special, and he was the one that's going to give them rest for all the toils in their, in their hands. Also, we bring the picture of Noah in this picture and God is going to use this man for a great purpose but here we begin in Genesis chapter um, 6 because in chapter 5 dealt with the death chapter the death came into family and generations and throughout all the generations we see great people like Enoch was came and walk with God by faith and Noah came about, and here we introduce Noah in this chapter, in this dispensation. So we begin in Genesis chapter 1, and it says, And it came to pass that when men began to multiply on the face of the earth, and the daughters were born unto them, that the sons of God saw the daughters of men, that they were fair, and they took them wives of all which they choose. And verse 3 says, And the Lord said, My spirit shall not always strive with man, for that he also is flesh, yet his days shall be hundred and twenty years. And here in verse 1, it says, The daughters um, were born unto man, and here... It says, men begin to multiply on the face of the earth. And men begin to increase on the earth. And as men increase here, also notice that men, as men were increasing, a lot of them were not, these were not godly men. These were ungodly people, and they were increasing on the earth. And he says, the daughters were born to them. And then he says, Godly man, first of all, came from the Seth, the line of Seth. And you have the godly, ungodly man that came from the line of um, Cain. So Cain had been in earth. And then from his line, men, begin to, men and women begin to multiply. And these men had no concernment for the things of God and of course, they took over their father, Cain, who was an earthly man who murdered his brother. And here they multiply on earth. And they brought their same characteristics of Cain. But here they begin to, uh, we remember we introduced Seth, Adam, when Adam and Eve bore another child called Seth. And it says in his line, men begin to call upon the name of the Lord. 
So this is the godly man, the godly line versus the ungodly line of Cain. The godly line from Seth versus an ungodly line from Cain. And here, they intermingle together. They intertwine in this kind of conjunction and they begin to have, uh, first of all, it says here they took wives of the Seth line, the godly, man of, godly line of Seth, took wives of the line of Cain, the daughters of men, the fleshly, earthly, sensual man, the carnal man here, and all becoming, and throughout, throughout the mixture of them, all of them becoming carnal. And here you see God's spirit. God says, my spirit can no longer stay with man because men have becoming flesh. They are all carnal men. However, they were in mixture with spiritual man here, you see. You see, it's the sons of God versus the daughters of man. And here it breeds wickedness, the wickedness of man. Not, long, not only increased, but it prolonged. Because when I mentioned before, God had to shorten the time because removing the tree of life from the garden um, after Eve, after Adam and Eve sinned, removing the tree of life means that their lifespan has to be shortened. So God, in order to save humanity from wickedness, but here, Wickedness increased, but also without um, God shortening the lifespan of man, it will, wickedness can prolong. So you have in verse 4, it says, And there were giants in the earth in those days. And also, after that, when the sons of God in the Seth line came into the daughters of men. Now, and I, saw, I mentioned before, came, the word came into is not um, right, rightful sex. It's not rightful intercourse. or any, it's not does not mean that God agree with that, with that union. You see, that's why the word came into is used here. It says, rather knew or Adam knew his wife or Cain knew his wife. But here it says, they came into the daughters of men, and they bear children to them, and the same became mighty men, which were of old, men of renown. And now, it mentioned before, in the beginning, it says the giants, you see, but not the sons of men, or, or, or men, not the sons of God, or men. This is mutually exclusive. This is just they said the giants were in the land. It's, it's kind of like giving us the notice that, hey, there were giants in the land, but not the sons of God they were mentioned here or the sons of men. No direct connection between them. And again, I mentioned before the sex is came into, not as in knowing, knowing, you know, Adam knew or Cain knew, but here yeah, this is corrupt sexual uh, encounter or unity now it says here this says in the in in the word it says there are the sons of god versus the daughters of man the seed 
here kind of paints the picture of the seed of the woman. You see, the seed of the woman versus the serpent seed. But here they're intertwined together. And whenever a, a believer or an unbeliever has any kind of connection together, you know, whatever happened between that is not godly. Um, it's not what God wants. It's not godly um, authorized or whatever. God does not, it's not godly, you know, God does not, it's not godly consent. God does not consent with such union. And this union here becomes something like it's much dangerous because here you have uh, men of well-renowned, -ren you know, the word renown means sham. You know, in other words, men of famous, famous men. The word sham in Hebrew means famous or something that can say as <clears throat> someone that is uh, a celebrity or someone that is well known. And, and, you know, the word of God noted that along with men of well-known here these are men that can cause great things to happen and God does not want to have this offspring this type of offspring producing on earth because again it, it will bring about a lot of evil so God has to come in between this and these men despite the fact that they are well-known again have no concernment with the things of God. These are fleshly men who are just increasing on earth, but again, they are well men of well renown. And in verse 5, And God saw that the wickedness of man was great in the earth, and that every imagination of the thought of his heart was only continually evil. You see, here, wickedness begins to increase. And it it mentioned in his text, he said that God saw their thoughts. He saw their thoughts, their hearts, and their imaginations. Notice here, he saw, he saw their thoughts, their hearts, and their imagination. The imagination of their thoughts, that these things were continually evil. There is no progression going on here that man is to get better through time or something. No, these men became, men on earth became wicked, more wicked. And, and it wasn't only that their physical self or their physical they committed or the, the sin they committed was physical. It wasn't their, their, because of their, their physical act they did here. This is not about the physical act, but God judged them based on their condition of their hearts. And it's very important to note that God judges them not by any physical act they committed, but by their condition, by the condition of their acts, their hearts. And, you know, when you remember when Lord Jesus Christ came on this earth, he extends from the physical to the heart. He, he said that if you look at a woman lustfully, you have already committed adultery. 
same thing when he says if you hate your brother you've you've already um committed murder so here god is looking at in their own hearts is examining their own hearts and he's looking into what is in the heart of a human being now here's uh, another verse and most verse this verse can get a little bit confusing especially if you're a new believer and you have not really strong or most people who read the bible might find this a very contradict as a contradiction now this verse is can be very um if you're not strong in the faith this verse can creep you up or make you to stumble and it's on uh, Genesis 6, verses 6. It says, And it repented the Lord that he made man on earth, and he grieved him at his heart. Now, the question here, people will say, Does God repent? Now, this is a contradiction. God Does God repent? And the word repent here is not calm. And it's a primitive root properly like to breed strongly by implication to be sorry okay here god says that god was sorry that he made man also notice in scripture verse in here in um well i'll take you in first sound verses chapter 15 verses 11 he says, and he repented me that I have set up Saul to be king. Now, this is the election of Saul. God made, God obviously elected this man to be king. And also, God with the word repent is used again in 1 Samuel 15. In the same chapter, but here in verses 29, 1 Samuel 15, verses 29, it says, um, Samuel was talking to Saul. He says, God is not a man to repent. Same word, not come. Again, God is not a man to repent. So, does God repent or doesn't he repent? Which one? What is the what is the um why is this this is a contradiction somebody might say but it's not really if you really read the word of god sometimes it's good to read the word and also read it through the eyes of the holy spirit and study it carefully otherwise you will come to the um conclusion that it's a it's a contradiction but you can also when you read the word of god and study it carefully and through the eyes of the holy spirit you will come to a different conclusion that it's not really a contradiction what seemed like a contradiction it's not really a contradiction because and the answer is in spite of in spite of um god is for knowledge god sees things for knowledge not the same as I will not make him a king as according to John um, God God says that if I look at Saul I will make him king over again but doesn't does but he's it grieved me that I had to 
make him king, but I will not change my ways despite that off, because that's the best way. Despite billions of billions of ways that could have used, that is the right way, because God is immutable. And the word immutable means that God does not change. God will never change his ways because he is for knowledge. He sees things before it is done and he knows what way is the best. And humans are not for knowledge. So that's why it is good for humans to repent. Humans are to change their ways. God will never change his ways because he sees that that way he used, no matter how much, again, the word repent, no grieve means sorry. No matter, no matter how much God is grieved by using that method, he will still use it again, thousand and billion times over because he does not change and he sees the foreknowledge and he sees it as good, as the best way. Example, Jesus asked the Lord um, in the Garden of Gethsemane. Jesus told um, the, his father, he said, Father, is there any way if this cup, why don't you let it pass over me? You see, God could have said, okay, I'm, I'm going to stop there. I'm going to find another way. But now God says, this is the best way. Despite the fact that he grieved God, and he, despite the fact that he will, it is he, he grieved the Lord Jesus Christ to go that way. But again, that's the best way. So does God uh, repent? No, God does not repent. God is grieved by what the way and the method He's gonna use, or the way you know humans turn out to become but he will not change the course he will recreate humans all over again if he has to even in his billions ways so god is immutable and it's very important to understand that and here it says also in verse 8 it says but noah found grace in the eyes of the lord and we're going to talk about righteousness. What does that, what does the word righteousness means, you know, and what does it mean, really mean to be a righteous person? Does it mean perfection? Absolutely not. Right. And then because he says, but, but Noah found grace in the eyes of the Lord. And he says in verse nine, these are the generations of Noah. And he says here, Noah was a just and perfect in his generation. And Noah walked with God. You see, it says that God find grace in the eyes of Noah. Understand the, the, the culture of that day. The, the, um, the reality of what is happening in the times of Noah. Evil is everywhere. God saw that all I, all the hearts of men were only continually evil. And he says that Noah was a just and a just man and a perfect man in his generations. In that, in that timeline, in that timeline, Noah was 
a just man and perfect man. And he says that Noah walked with God. You see, Noah was just in his perfect and certainly there is none that is righteous. And in human standing, there is no body that is fully righteous in human standing. And on the contrary, if you if you read uh, Romans three ten, it says it is written, "There is none righteous, no, not one." See, so what is righteous? What this righteous God is referring to, or just? And in Genesis 7, 1, God also said righteous. God made, mentioned the word righteous about in describing Noah. God says that Noah is righteous. And if you read also uh, Ezekiel 14, 14, God says they are righteous. He mentioned the righteousness of Daniel and Job. And he said Noah. He brought Noah in it. He says these men will save themselves by their own righteousness. You see, you see. Also in Hebrew eleven, verse seven, he says, "Noah was righteous." But here in Hebrews eleven seven, he says that Noah was righteous by faith. Aha! You see, by faith, and they say the just, the just. As God mentioned about Noah, Noah was a just man. He says, the just shall live by faith. See, by faith is this righteousness God is saying. Not, not human standing righteousness and not perfection. Wasn't a, he wasn't a perfect and in a, in a perfect human standing. Of course, but God is looking at the heart of this man and he knows despite his condition that he walked with God he had a heart for God see and Noah walked with God means he walked by faith and then he mentions the days of Noah it says in in Genesis 6 10 it says and Noah begat three sons Shem Ham and Japheth and he says these sons it was they were born noah had these sons and these sons will represent the nations later after the flood but here in verse 11 he says and the earth also was corrupted before god and the earth was filled with violence first he said that this earth was corrupted that um, man was corrupted see Satan had a corrupted wisdom when he came down when he was cast down to earth he had a corrupted wisdom but now you see his hand is now being dominant he, he's taking dominion over the lost kingdom of Adam now he's he's taking and then he says that the earth was also corrupt before God and because this this serpent this devil went into the earth now he 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 can he can he can he, he went into and deceived the whole earth world as revelation mentioned because through the sin of adam and eve and here corrupt 
ended up, they became violent. And violence here, it came from the heart. You know, usually it comes from the heart towards outwardly. Things always come from the heart and then it, it permeates out outwardly. And that's what happened. First, God saw their heart. God knows that these people are incapable of turning towards him. And their man is beginning to deteriorate. So the lowest they're going to get is to also do physical uh, harm. It starts from the heart and then it comes out from outwardly and is progressively getting worse. So in verse 12, it says, And God looked upon earth, and behold, it was corrupt, for all flesh was corrupted his way upon the earth. Now, this is now, first God saw the, the heart of man, but now he sees the heart, uh, the physical of what the acts of man because the act of man is fully corrupt all flesh now is fully corrupt and all generations is fully corrupt and in verse 13 and god said unto noah the end of all flesh is come before me for the earth is filled with violence through them and behold i will destroy them with the earth See, this is the end of all flesh now. Corrupted heart. This is not about anything else, but this heart was becoming corrupt. There's no progress going and the violence. Now here, violence is an act of physical. This is physical manifestation that came, that started from the heart of man and come, came out outwardly. And here you have people getting killed left and right. People were getting killed all throughout in Noah's days. And immorality was the storyline of the day. And here God made his intention with Noah. He first of all made his intention with Noah. And God always wants us before an act. He doesn't always just act. He wants us that something is going to happen. And and keep in mind that God is long-suffering. And this has been, time has elapsed so long now that it's, it's becoming appalling for God to look at man now. And because all man is being corrupted and God has waited patiently. And here you see the character of God. That God is long-suffering. He's waiting and time has elapsed between God and seeing humans' hearts and the earth being filled with violence. So now is when God is going to act and he's going to make Noah build an ark because in verse 14, and God says, Make thee an ark. Of gopher wood, room shall fill. Room shall thou fill in the ark, and shall pitch it in within and without with pitch. And this is the fashion which thou shalt make of it. The length of the ark shall be 
300 cubits and breadth of it 50 cubits and the height of it 30 cubits. Verse 16, And a window shalt thou make to the ark, and in, in a cubit shalt thou finish it above, and the door of the ark shalt thou set in the side thereof, with lower, second, and third stories shalt thou make. Shalt thou make it. And God commanded Noah, he told, he told, you, he told him to build an ark, a wooden ark, and instructed Noah, and this gonna, this ark is going to be 300 cubits and also about 442 uh, feet and 10 inches that's 50 cubits width, uh, width and then 30 cubits high and in verse 17 and God says and behold I even I do bring a flood of waters upon the earth to destroy all flesh wherein it is the breath of life from under heaven and everything that is in earth shall die see and then he said in verse 18 but with thee i will establish my covenant and thou shalt come into the ark thou and thy sons and thy wife and thy son's wife with thee and God says that he's going to destroy all flesh with the flood. Basically saying that he's going to, it's an instinction of creatures. All creatures, he's going to instinct and destroy them with the flood, with the water that is going to come on the earth. And only Noah and his household is now... God is now saying that he was going to establish the covenant because you see that only these two were saved apart from the whole world. And this time has elapsed and Noah has warned the people, but time has elapsed here between God seeing the heart of human being and God actually seeing the acts of human being. And now it's only very few people that is going to be saved apart from the whole world. And it tells how evil the people were at that time. And absolutely, these people had no heart for God whatsoever. Today is likened as the days of Noah. The world now is likened as the days of Noah. People... As the Lord Jesus says, people are marrying and getting a marriage um, and giving away in marriage. And that's how the world of Noah was in those times until the flood came and or until the Son of Man will come, you see, today. And here, these are, this means that there is no godly repentance in man's heart. There is no godly repentance repentance whatsoever in a man's heart today and even then when in time of Noah but only men were dwelled and indulged in the pleasure in the pleasure of sin so you have here in verse 19 20 to 21 and it says and of every living thing of all flesh two of every sort shall thou bring into the ark to keep them alive with thee, 
there shall be male and female. And in verse 20, it says, of fowls after their kind, of cattle after their kind, of every creeping thing on the earth after his kind, two of every sort shall thou come to thee to keep them alive. And thou, and take thou unto thee all the food that is eaten, and thou shalt gather it to thee, and it shall be for food for thee and for them. Verse 22, Thus did Noah, according to all the commandment, God commanded him, so did he. You see, he gathered all the animals, and he gathered all the animals two by two, male and female, all in its kind. God brought male and female all in their kind, and he did it all as God commanded. So we're going to continue next time on verse chapter 7. But until then, God bless you. Thank you.